Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Pint of Football, where unlike Gianluigi Buffon, our persistence to continue doing what we enjoy is not directly linked to our skill or ability. I am Daz Napton, the host of the show, and this time out I have the pleasure of being joined by not one James, but two. It is the TTN Sports Show. Welcome, lads. Hi, Daz. Thanks very much for having us. Very pleased to be here. Thank you, Daz, for inviting us onto your esteemed podcast. You're more than welcome. Cheers for joining. And before we kick off with your story, or potentially stories, depending on what content you could find, I've got a couple of questions just so we can introduce the listeners to yourselves. First of all, because I'm dying to know, what does the TTM in TTM Sports Show Ah. stand for? Go on, James. Well, TTM stands for Think Twice Medias. TTM. There are two facets to TTM. You have the staple, the one and only undefeated heavyweight sports show, sports podcast. That's the TTM Sports Show. And on the other side, if you like deep, dark, dirty and rough, you know, when, you know that, that's TTM Dark. And that's where you get your conspiracies from 9-11 to JFK to the alien conspiracies. If any of your listeners want to catch something outlandishly crazy... We have on YouTube, on TTM Dark, on the TTM Dark channel, a man that claimed he had sexual violent relations <laughs> with aliens. Well, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? No. And just for clarity, just so we can tell both of your voices, which James is which? All I know about you both is that one of you supports Spurs and the other one Liverpool, but neither well, of you sound like you are Scouse. 
Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, life goes on and it gets dark. And what I will say is I support Liverpool Football Club. And it just goes to show that the, the LFC family stretches far out of the borders from Scouts Nation uh, to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. The club that everybody loves to hate. Yet, if you support Liverpool, you love the fact that everybody hates you. In fact, it's just like supporting England. And I'm I'm the realistic Tottenham fan, so I'm a re- I'm, I'm very proud to be a realistic Tottenham fan. He knows he's not going to win anything. I know for a I, long time. I was there in 2004 when Nuri Nabet, 36 years old, signed from Deportivo exactly. on a free transfer, and I thought it was a good signing. It was uh, like Hossam Ghali. Exactly, Hossam Ghali. I've been through them all. Goran Bunjevcevic, God rest his soul. Milenko Asimovic, who once missed from one yard against Fulham at home. <laughs> yeah, so I've been there. So I I, I know where we've come from. So I, I'm a realistic Tottenham. fan fan and a realistic guy unlike uh, my my co-colleague James. Well, what if I said unrealistic this season? <laughs> um, hmm. What if I said this unrealistic apart from the fact that it's going to be a long season? It's it's not going to be easy for Liverpool to win trophies yet here we are in January we've won one. What I do know is that you did say that the um, the Carabao Cup was was not important. I said and, it's and the, I said it's like the ugly it's like the FA Cup's ugly sister is uh, what it good is. Good trophy, good trophy. But it's if you're a Tottenham fan because the only trophy you win <laughs> is the best looking stadium 2021 in world f- football. Well, I'd I'd love to chip in, but as a Macclesfield <laughs> fan, I don't oh. know what, I don't know what any of that stuff you were just on about is really. Well, you've had the um, pleasure, the very big displeasure of having Sol Campbell associated to your football club. So um, I I send my most sincere condolences for that. Yeah, well, we've currently got. Robbie Savage running the ship, so I'm not really? sure if that counts as an upgrade or a downgrade or a side well, upgrade. Yeah, certainly an upgrade on uh, nine out of ten male hair <laughs> around the uh, around around the country. It's wonderful. Good, good. Well, cheers for clearing that up. We now probably know who both of you are, and we're really looking forward to jumping into your quick stop tour of Mauritius. This is In The Mix, and it's a place where we like to explore every inch of the globe in search of surreal, surprising, and spectacularly silly stories. What have you got for us? So, um, before before we go, I will, I, I will put in the little uh, asterisk here, Daz, that it was very difficult to find stuff on Mauritius. I, I would say their footballing history is uh, is not, not steeped in glory. So, we, we, we've done interviews with... Um, before we've managed the manager of um, national teams. So we've done the Cayman Islands. We've done the British Virgin Islands. We've done the Faroe Islands assistant manager. We've done the manager of the um, the Gambia uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, so uh, going in and doing some deep diving into these sort of smaller nations, lower down in the FIFA world rankings, it, it, I've done a lot of it. But um, this was hard. This was, this was you, you really got me here, Daz. Um, what I do know is that the the, the, uh, the nickname of uh, the Mauritius national team is Les Dodo, which is uh, translates in English to the Dodos. Uh, make of that what you will, the extinct pretty, bird. Pretty much do- like, the, like the left back, the Brazilian left back, Dodo. was a wonderful player. Just never quite cut it for Inter Milan, did it, it, it? Dodo? It was Dodo. I'm sure it was Dodo. But just before you dive into the football side of Mauritius, why don't we tell some of your lovely listeners who are listening thinking, oh, we're in for a real bonus this episode. Mauritius, okay, a country steeped in acclaim in the Indian island nations. Its rivals, Reunion, 
flanked by a big, heavy French influence, is known for its beaches, lagoons and reefs. The mountainous interior includes Back River Gorges National Park with rainforests, maybe somewhere for the wife and kids to go on vacation. We don't know. The capital city, Port Louis, has sites such as the Champ du Mars Horse Track, incredible, the Eureka Plantation House, and the 18th century Sir Siswagger Rangulam Botanical Garden. So, ladies and gentlemen listening to the show, if you don't want to go to Mauritius to capture some football, I'm pretty sure a lovely trick to the Eureka Plantoon House <laughs> might just do it for you. James, over to you. So, so in, term, in terms of the football, uh, Daz, footballing-wise, the greatest achievement of the Mauritius national team, and by, by no means is, is any small feat uh, as a nation of, the, of its size, they qualified for the 1974 African Cup of Nations tournament, which, for a, for a nation of that size, um, with an all-time high FIFA ranking of 116, um, that's a pretty good achievement. It I, is, I think isn't it? Was, you know, we saw what Thomas Sonfer did with um, with the Gambia in the summer. Yep. You're talking about that level of um, that level of achievement, really. So 1975, where the real success comes for Mauritius, though, Daz, is in the uh, Indian Ocean Islands Cup where they are a mainstay. Big time now, successful. Now, the Indian Ocean's Islands Cup consists of the following nations, the real powerhouses, Comoros, the Maldives, the Seychelles, Mayotte, Mauritius, Réunion, as James mentioned, as the big rivals, and everyone's favourite zoo, uh, Madagascar. So, um, that is the just, Indian just Islands... Just James, real quick one, Rob. Go on. Wouldn't you love to own, like, a Madagascar home shirt? I mean, I wonder who they're sponsored by. God While you read off some more stuff about Mauritius, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that. I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if a pint of football will allow me to is, to, is to find out exactly who makes the Madagascar shirt. I'm not sure, but I do know that the Mauritius shirt is made by Adidas. Incredible. It's probably one of the template ones, similar to what you're wearing uh, tonight, Daz, which is a lovely Metalist Kharkiv shirt. So shout out to Metalist and to the whole of the Ukraine. 100%. Um, but it is Adidas, uh, Mauritius. It did for a little spell go into uh, Joma in the turn of the the, the decade. Venezuela, before... they do take third rate no, without being disrespectful. They do. They're <laughs> quite big. Ecuador, Venezuela, they're quite big in South America, but also a little jaunt into Eastern Europe as well. Yeah. So, it, but uh, back to Adidas now. Mm. Um, what do you want to know, Daz? What do you want to know? Well, I want to know if you've got any nuggets, any scandals, any Ooh. any. Um... You know, maybe that African Cup of Nations, dare I ask if it was a triumph? I'm, I'm sure I don't remember seeing the name etched on the trophy, but no. did, did, did they did they even get a point? Did they get out the groups? Did they no, storm, yeah, they, storm the storm the cap they, of the continent? No, they, they finished bottom of the group and uh, they lost every game in 1974, unfortunately. But they have won the Indian Ocean Islands games twice, once in 1985 and once in 2003, which would be seen as a massive, massive achievement. In terms of the domestic league, the domestic league in Mauritius hasn't been uh, running since the start of COVID. So the last two seasons have uh, actually been abandoned. Um, now, in terms of little nuggets as well, some interesting clubs in that domestic league, some interesting club names. So the most titles um, is held by a club called Fire Brigade. So the Fire Brigade have got the most league titles in um, Mauritius. And their biggest rivals for the to the Fire Brigade with seven league titles, which is in third place behind FC Dodo, is the Police Club. 
So the fire brigade and the police are out. I've had some real uh, title ding-dongs. races on ding dongs you know, you over don't, the you years. Don't take, you don't want to foul the wrong person, do you? Because you never know. The following Saturday night, they'll go, hold on a minute, I, I know you. You're the one that took me. I'm going to I'm going to rest. Like Belize. Do you remember the Belize episode from Point of Football? All their listeners remember it. I know I do. I listened to it on the way home. And they were talking about, uh, there was a question that came out, because which, uh, which name club do you think would win the league? And I thought... Well, I don't know if a league could be one on names, but what I do know is, what I do remember is you spoke really well about a lot of clubs having a lot of, let's say, government, armed forces, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Social protectors, shall we say? The police, the fire service. Institutions. Absolutely, that, that did it. And it looks to be the same in Mauritius. And I think it was yourself, Daz, that did say it. Of course, in, in Asia and places like that, that it does seem to be prevalent around the world. That these uh, these countries seem to have. We do have it in this country, though. We do. We do. We do have the. We got the Met, the Met Police are yeah, in the seven. They're in the seven. They play against Froome Town, our hometown, our hometown club. But unfortunately for them, they don't have the investment. No. But what the weird thing as well, Daz, is that the the two uh, top two most successful clubs in the history of uh, Mauritius domestic football now both no longer exist. Which is which is Fire Brigade FC Dodo actually the top three because Police Club also do not uh, uh, any longer exist. So. The last three league titles have been won by a club called Pampelmousse, which is uh, which is an absolute brilliant pronunciation as well. But there's the, the the team names. We've had some absolute bangers over the years. Um, 1975 league title winners, Hindu Cadets. They they uh, had a successful year that year, and then but they were knocked off their perch the following year in 1976 by the Muslim Scouts Club. Um, also, eight league titles for a team named Sunrise. I love They're that. They're a good, successful club there, Sunrise, who also no longer exist. And my favourite um, my favorite name uh, of a club, and James will tell a story about this chap in a sec, is the club called Cirque de Joachim. So um, I, it got me thinking about uh, former Aston Villa uh, striker Julian Joachim and Bradford. Uh, absolutely. Julian Joachim. You do a podcast, Daz. But you're at that point where you're trying to approach guests, you're trying to start a bit of networking, maybe get a little bit of a following. So your your friends in your WhatsApp group are usually the first people that will listen to the podcast and maybe a couple of old friends that you've outreached on Facebook and they thought, oh, I wonder what Daz is doing now. I'll take a listen. Now you're starting to get other people listen to it. These people doing these podcasts like us, like Daz, like a lot of other people on the Sports Social Network, find it tough at the beginning. But as you get going, it gets easier. But also, incredible memories and situations arise that you just would not expect. So, TTM Sports, at the time, around six months in, we're reaching out to all these different people. We're getting good interviews from real good people. We had had Mark Holsey, the world-famous ex-FIFA Premier League referee, regularly on TalkSport. We have Peter Jury, the world-famous commentator. I reached out to Julian Jochim. <laughs> now... I rang up the number that, that was provided to me from my credible source. A man answered the phone. Hello. I went, hi, is that Julian? And he goes, sorry. I went, is that Julian Jochim? <laughs> and he goes, uh, no, I know him. I know him. I go, oh, are you his agent? I'm kind of his agent. Oh, are you his friend? Yeah, that's right. I'm Julian Jochim's friend. All right, right. So you're not having me on. No. What was, you know, I then said, what is it going to take to get Julian onto the TTM Sports Show to discuss your incredible career? And it was an incredible career. Played in Sven Jorn Eriksson's first game in charge for England at Villa Park. Yeah. In a game in which, now, you know, God rest his soul, Hugo Echihoff yeah, scored legend. the winner against Spain, I believe. No, it was 4 0. We battered him 4 0. Yeah, well, he scored, didn't he? The first goal to Sven Jorn yeah. Eriksson's reign. Hugo Echihoff, Rangers legend. We are the people. Now, back to Julian Jochim. 
it turns out that he goes, okay, look, Julian would be w w willing to do a meet at a price. They tried to charge us £250 <laughs> for 20 to 30 minutes of Julian Jochen's time. I said, I'll be in contact soon. I never rang back. <laughs> Whoa, I'm sure. You know, you can go on those websites where you can get celebrities to do messages for you and it costs about 20 quid. I'm sure I've uh, seen it on one of um, them. Oh, what's it called? What's it called? Um... I know exactly what you, what you mean. It's not Patreon, is it? It's um. You can get yeah. You can get minus. I know. I know what it is. Yeah, but... you can get people like uh. You can get people like Bruce Grobler, for instance. Yeah. He goes, yeah. Hey yeah. guys, happy birthday! I heard it's your. I heard Gaz it's your birthday. It's happy birthday <laughs> from me, Bruce Grobler. You know that's a, probably a terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible pronunciation, but it can work. But why do that when we know these people off by heart? You know, some of the people that we've you know Matt Jarvis, regular on the TTM Sports Show, absolute nice. legend. Um, really, really, really good. John Solarco was on there actually the other week, which was quite good. But uh, going back to Mauritius, obviously, you know, the Julian Jochim, and, that, and that's what these podcasts are all about, isn't it? You start talking about football, you go off down weird and wonderful tangents. You know, we ended up from Mauritius to Julian Jochim. <laughs> oh, what a route. What a route to go down. Yeah. You know, via Madagascar, and their kit is sponsored by Macron, just to chuck it out there. Hey, you worked that out. You got yeah, it. It's a lovely lime green uh, on one side and a dark, uh, let's say, Nigerian kit style green on the other. Dare I ask if you've ordered one yet? Oh, no chance. Uh, no, I, I'm not interested. I'd, I'd rather order uh, a British Virgin Islands home shirt 2008, which is uh, it's football porn. Yeah, the, the minor Caribbean nations football shirts are definitely always worth a look. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have, have you got any other Mauritius gems for us? Uh, maybe who's the national scorer? Anyone who's been banging in hat-tricks every week? Do, do you know what? Do you know what, Daz? I don't know. James will find out, no doubt. But um, no, like I said, it was very difficult um, to do this. Uh, and, you know, their squad has only got one player that plays outside of the um, outside of their domestic league. And he plays in the Seychelles. Um, their domestic league hasn't been running for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and their their results lately have been a shambles. But do you know what? I'll, I'll tell you. Daniel Imbert <laughs> played from 1972 to 1983, got 53 big international caps for Mauritius, scored 17 international goals. And let's not take it away, that's more international goals than fully established internationals like Michael Ricketts. And David Nugent, you know, so he's done well there. Um, also, I mean, looking through, 
Henry Spevel from 1995 to 2007, 72 caps, scored one goal. So well done to Armory. Um, in terms of the rest of it, though, their biggest ever win was, do you know what? It's the big one. It was in Madagascar. It, the date was unknown, according to the internet. Um, they, they, they reckon it was around 1950. Uh, it was a 15-2 win against the old, the old enemy, Réunion. 15-2? Uh, it was 15-2. And I'll tell you, the scale of improvement from Mauritius was incredible. A 2-1 home victory, again at Madagascar. Date unknown, somewhere around 1947. <laughs> again, it's that club. It's Réunion. Do you know what? I might, I might even go there one day. When, when the world's calmed down, if it calms down and de-escalates at the moment, the only thing that seems to be escalating is the world. Uh, I, I think I might go to a match for Mauritius against Réunion. I mean, what a wonderful footballing story that would be. Their biggest defeats, however, well, it did arrive. It arrived three times, okay? The first one was in Port Said in Egypt. On the 8th of June, 2003, they lost 7-0. Uh, again, in the Seychelles in 2008, this one this one would have really stung, I think. Uh, you know, a 7-0 away loss to the Seychelles. Um, but that's, that, that hurts more than a Sol Campbell goal at White Hart Lane for Arsenal, if you're a Tottenham fan. Um, it was at Whitbank in South Africa, so neutral territory, but a good 7-0 win for the Seychelles. And finally, again, it's that old score. It's 7. It, you know, it's a lucky number 7 for really for Mauritius, isn't it? Or unlucky number 7. This one, 9th of October, 2010, Senegal. Senegal 7, Mauritius 0. Yeah, I mean, what can we say? It's their stadium. They play at the Stade George V uh, Stadium. The capacity, 6,200. Uh, they've also played games at Stade Angele, and the capacity is 18,000, and they're reserved for higher-profile matches, probably against Madagascar. Um, so um, there is going to be a brand-new stadium, though. At the Complexi Sport de Côte d'Ivoire, port of a large sports complex, it's currently under construction and is scheduled to be open, well, July 2019, it's not open yet. Um, once completed, the stadium will have a capacity of 30,000 seats. So, look, I mean, we could talk probably all night long uh, of, of, um, of Mauritius, but what I will say is they do have a victory against Angola. Okay, who was that winger for Angola who played for Wolves uh, no, and Fulham? No, it was Manucho who used to play for Man United. No, but there was, no, there's another one. There's another one who uh, plays for Wolves, Ivan Cavaliero. He is, uh, he's is Angolan. He Ang is he Angolan? He's Angolan. No, he's not Angolan. He's Angolan. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Cavaliero, Angolan. They uh, drew against Burundi. Um, they've won against Botswana. They've lost all four against the Cameroon. Um, Burundi's where side Berahino plays for. They, I think what we will say, Daz, is that um, they, they, they is that they're win. rubbish. They're they do, but they do basically. Win. I think we can we can put our hand on heart. Uh, you know, they've been as low as 195 but in the FIFA World Rankings. They've South Africa. That's a good win. South Africa are terrible at the moment. We know from Lungile that... Um... Yeah, Lungile... Shout out to Lungile and Matsuma. Uh, head over to TTM Sports' uh, Twitter page. He's our South African football correspondent who is a big Manchester United fan. I mean, someone's got to be. So, just... Final question on the matter of the country. Because you just mentioned this 30,000-seater stadium. How many people actually live there? In Mauritius? I will because... find out. Are we taking bets? Yeah, go on. Go on, how many? Go on, Daz. 60,000? I'm going to say 150,000. James, quick. I will say 137,000. I reckon it could be more, you know. 
wow. Okay, so um, <laughs> we're, we're all miles out. Um, <laughs> what I can tell you is that it's 1.266 million inhabitants wow. uh, of Mauritius. Now and they need to be doing better. They need if to I, be doing if better. I'm in, if I'm head of the Mauritius FA, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the people beneath me. I'm looking at the technical director. I'm looking at who's in charge of the national side. Why are you going to be who's in a room with all these players? people beneath you? I would I would be saying, look, we need to be doing better. No you know? infrastructure, you know, as far as I'm concerned. James, maybe they should bring us in charge. Maybe they should have us in charge. One thing's for sure, there'll be plenty of laughter, there'll be plenty of love, and there'll be seven men attached physically to the goal line. <laughs> yeah, when the World Cup, because the World Cup's going up to 46 teams from 2026. Yep. Um, and it's going to increase the, the the amount of teams that can even qualify. Even Scotland from, might qualify. Even Scotland might get yeah, there, they yeah. Might. Um, not Republic of Ireland at the minute, because they're rubbish, but... Scotland might, but yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna. Hopefully, we're gonna see like a new wave of of new international sides who have, you know, because let's be honest. Over time, infrastructure improves. We've seen that in places like Africa with Iceland. the quality improving. Yeah, the Iceland, Faroe Islands, the Faroe Islands, doing very well. They um, won their UEFA Lich- Nations League. Liechtenstein, uh, uh, you know, teams, countries like that, and now starting to get the infrastructure. In. But what we'll see, Daz, the point I'm trying to make is we'll we'll start to see now, uh, the 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 door is opened up further for the smaller nations you know there is a genuine the Gambia. shot the, 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 exactly the, the proofs you know, in the pudding like the Gambia, the Gambia getting to the quarterfinals of the African Nations Cup upsetting big teams along the way you know and, and as far as I'm concerned we interviewed their manager Thomas Seinfeld who was absolutely he was like Jurgen Klopp light isn't he he, he was absolutely fantastic he's like Jurgen Klopp if Jurgen Klopp lived out of a suitcase and all he did was ever was coach teams <laughs> so you're saying the door's going to open could it open to Mauritius Absolutely not. Under no, no circumstances will Mauritius no. go anywhere near. Uh. They need to concentrate. They need to prioritise the Indian Ocean Islands Cup. I mean, and once they start to dominate that, then they can start to build the infrastructure. Then they can improve that. They need to get that domestically the, back well, open look, the now. Two six six million. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny. There are countries out there with significantly less populations. Iceland, that for example, three hundred thousand. The Faroe Islands Cup. again. Yeah, the Faroe Islands would beat yeah. them. Um, and what, what we would say is is they need to get to a level where their youth team is winning the Indian Ocean Cup. That That's where yeah. you need to be. Which is what you'll see, which is what the BVI are doing now. You yeah. see their under-20 side to go into these um, CONCACAF um, tournaments now at, at younger level, like England did with the under-17s. And, you know, that's that's the key, isn't it? It's the infrastructure and it's get a youth team sorted and you get the DNA for, you know, they talk about it with England, the DNA. and all. That's what you need in order to improve as a nation because mm. um a lot of these sort of smaller nations like your mauritius like your bvis you know if not if there's no clear plan in place it just goes you know a lot of the players are amateur part-time and it just becomes you know um old boys clubs you know ah, oh, let's go and play for the national team it doesn't really mean anything and 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 then you anyway what what, what the hell do i know about improving the fortunes of an international football nation but i tell you what i'll give it a good go so that's all good stuff. Before we wrap up then, I've got some quick fire questions. I'm going to ask one. one to each of you. And then the final question, I'm going to ask you both to answer. I'm going to start with Liverpool, James. If I mm-hmm. were to check out your show for the first time, what would you recommend as the starting point to get me hooked? Good question. Um, I would say uh, Euro 2020 knockout round preview show um, which consisted of the assistant manager of the Faroe Islands Ellie Heinzer 
On the same show, the technical director for the British Virgin Islands FA and Steve McLaren's best friend, Dan Neville, also included on the show was uh, former England international West Ham Wolves left winger Matt Jarvis. And again, on the same show, we had former World Cup Nigeria international defender, Effie Soje. Uh, that was a, a wonderful show. Also, Mark Halsey popped on uh, for a little while onto that show as well, discussing England's potential route through to the Euro 2020 final. Excellent. And for Spurs, James, who has been your favourite guest to interview so far? Ooh, another good question. Um, do you know what? It's, it's a difficult one. There, Peter Drury was very good. Um, cause you know, he's got such an iconic voice, you know, and, and it was so surreal to talk to him. You know, his voice sounds like he's commenting, you know, you were talking to him and he, it sounded like he was commenting to you. It was, uh, it was unreal. Um, but in terms of interest, like interesting person, um, I actually think it was Thomas Sonfied who's just come off the back of the Gambia's, uh, AFCON. You know, we interviewed him, um, a week after the tournament finished. Um, so fresh, um, his philosophy on football and everything else and, and the journey that he's been on is incredible. Um, so that was very good. Also, um, he was good. Into, uh, um, also um, interviewing, we had a really long interview with Kit Simons. But yeah, uh, but no, to answer your question, Daz, I like anything which is really interesting and out there. You love a good balls, um, don't you? You love balls. I like, I like... Ball sports. I like the deep, I like the deep, dark reaches of football. I, I thought like, he was going to say the deep dark breaches <laughs> of balls. Yeah. I was going to go. I like. I like, it. I like. I like football purity. Is what I like. That so anyone that, that literally lives and breathes and and you know, football purists is where I'm at. And Daz, let's not forget you could appear on the TTM Sports Show yourself in a crossover pod. You know, I hope that we've done your show justice this evening in comparison to other guests that you've had on. Absolutely, sign me up. Good man. Good man. So the final question, and I know you guys like to debate things with each other, so I'm going to ask this question to you both. Um, there's, there's, there's no right answer, but I'm sure there's definitely a million wrong answers. So I'm going, to, I'm going to go back over to Liverpool James first, and I'm going to ask you the question. If you could pull up any former England player out of retirement in their peak, in their peak, and put them in the 2022 World Cup squad, who would it be? Paul Gascoigne. Right. And same question to Spurs, James. You need to think more about what we need. Who would you play Gascoigne instead of? Foden? Yeah. Um, would you play him in the middle? A talismanic hero. He'd make things out of nothing. I think... You could say a, fr a prime Rooney or Lineker. Yeah, Rooney. To go up front with Kane. Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton and Gascoigne Bobby Charlton to play off of Kane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, or, yeah. Gordon Banks. That's like such a good question. Bobby a... Moore. Bobby Moore. Could we call up two? No. Uh, you know? No, one only. I, I think that's such a good question, Daz. You really, really got me there. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, because I think it's what we need, uh, which would be the difference... Is I think you're right, James. I think Bobby Moore. Yeah, I got to change my answer to Bobby Moore as well. My heart went ahead of my head. Every England, you lose any England fan that knows anything about football knows if they say, "Who's your most box office player ever?" You would have to say Paul Gascoigne. No, I disagree. I think he's a. I think he's a myth. Would you what? I think Gascoigne's a myth. I've said it on the pint of football. 
you can you, you, you can you need to have a that. point of sanity you can soundbite that Daz you can do what you want with that how dare you I... come with me to every single England game that's on in the flesh and, and literally stand there and say that Paul Gascoigne's a myth you've got to be joking did right. you see the goal he scored for Tottenham yeah alright but hear me out when did he retire 30 31 well, 30 that's because he was addicted to no, alcoholic let, hear me out hear me out <laughs> hear me out I like a certain type of player, right? And for me, Paul Gascoigne is not that uh, difficult because he was slightly before our time. I'm going to have to really backtrack now to dig myself out of his hole. He's the man who's in the echelon to George think... Best, Pele, Maradona, no, Paul Gascoigne. No, so yes, he is. No. Yes, he is. He's his... in the top 50 players of all time. All time. I, I, do you know what, right? No. For me personally, ask your dad. I'd give me, yeah, I know. Ask your dad. Do you know? I'd rather have. Ask my dad. Ask ask Daz's dad. Ask anybody football's man's dad. Paul Gascoigne was he a good player? World class, elite, one of the best ever. They'd say yes. And do you know what? I'd put Wayne Rooney into that category too. Yeah, but the problem yeah, but is Wayne Rooney. He never done it on the international no, stage. Gascoigne Wayne, did. Wayne, yeah, but Paul Gascoigne didn't really do much on the domestic stage. He went and bummed it up in Scotland for the last probably. Four years Scott of his the prime. Winner in the Italian Super Classico between Roma yeah, and Lazio. Yeah, once, you know, Tammy Abraham's done more in Italy than, than uh, Paul Gascoigne's done. Well, Italy, and he's only yeah, been there eight months. Because Italy's now a graveyard. At the time, <laughs> Italy was the Premier League yeah, of the 1990s. I understand. You remember the show. I can guarantee you now that David Platt had more of an influence on Italian football in the 90s than Paul Gascoigne. Well, he had a big injury at Tottenham. Mark Hately. Mark Hately probably oh, played God. more Serie A games than... Yeah, now you're going to be telling me Tottenham are going to win the I'm Premier not saying, League I'm not seasons. saying he's oh, better. You sat there on the podcast... With with someone from the Extra Inch podcast, and you both claimed that no, Tottenham would win the no, league within two years. I never years. said that. A realistic Tottenham fan. I never said that. Rubbish. Tottenham Hotspur are so far away from winning the Premier League within two years. You've got more chance of me running on the pitch at the European Cup final in Paris and scoring a thirty-five yard volley on my weak foot. It's not I, I never said, no, Maybe I never, in five I never years, you that. never know, football's Look, a silly game. You ain't winning the title in two years. I know. Done. I never said we were. I don't think we'll win, win the league in 20 now, years. You claim that Paul Gascoigne isn't ever a, 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 you know, one of the greatest players ever. I'm, I'm saying, staggered by if that. You, if you were to put a highlight reel together of Paul Gascoigne, it would be absolutely unreal. If you had to manage him for four years and get to the deep depths of the you know the latter stages yeah. of the Champions League, yeah. you know, Paul Gascoigne's the yeah. same age as probably Teddy Sheringham, right? Yeah? Fair? Ish. I can guarantee you now, Teddy Sheringham was 33 years old winning the Champions League with Man United while Paul Gascoigne was getting pissed up in a bar in Glasgow exactly, living off the pass. But that doesn't take away yeah, but, his talent, yeah, but, does it? Yeah, but it doesn't take away from his talent, but in my opinion... What, so George Best the, retired at 26? Yeah, George Best, don't don't go there. So you see, now, you, now, you, now you're going to tell me that no, George I'm Best... I'm not saying that he's not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. When a player throws a career away like that, like Maradona, you know, and all these players... Highlight reel, unbelievable, brilliant. Put it up on YouTube and it looks mean. George Best is one of the greatest footballers I know, in history. I know, but he give, is but in the top me, ten ever. But give me Bobby Charlton over him all day long. Well, look, that's personal. That's personal. It doesn't go to show. Look, booze took it away. Maradona, hate to say it, but it's true. Drugs took him away from it. Paul Gascoigne is in the. the this, every so often, there there comes along a player. We're seeing it now with Ronaldo and Messi. Gascoigne was that player. He was. 
Rivaldo for two years, no. So why Arline wasn't Ronaldo's why in did Gascoigne? Why did Gascoigne never play for a top English club in the Premier League? Because he was still, uh, you know, you're right. You're talking ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, all the way up till about the year two thousand two. He's probably still why. in his in his. I'm going to tell you why prime. now. I'm going to tell you why because a lot of it football is, fans I'm... listening to this point of football now, half of them will agree with me. Half of them will agree with you. The half that agree with you clearly haven't done the research on Paul Gascoigne because I'm going to tell you why. As soon as he left Newcastle United, he had the option. Sir Alex Ferguson was on the phone to yeah. him at Manchester United. Terry Venables got him down there into London. What does London give you? Bright lights, clubs. They offered him the most money. They offered him a car and a house. They offered his dad a car and a house. They offered his then his sister a car and a house. They got the deal done. He then sustained a terrible injury in the FA Cup yeah, after he scored a 35-yard bullet goal. Not bad for an average player. But anyway, <laughs> no, he then... He then I never said he was average. I never said he was average. You compared him to Tammy Abraham. No. And I'm sorry, <laughs> that's disgraceful. And, and as, as far as I'm concerned, okay, he went to Italy, tore it up. He was looking for a... <laughs> yeah, for about four to, months. He, no, he didn't. For about, for about two and a half years. Yeah. In, and uh, at that time, he was starting to put on weight. He was drinking heavily and he was still good. He then went to Rangers. The reason why he went to Rangers is because Walter Smith was there. Walter Smith met Gascoigne. And, and again, Gascoigne is someone, a player, who you need to put your arm around to get the best out of. It's like a... It's like a big child in footballing terms. Look at the managers that got the best out of Paul Gascoigne. Bobby Robson in England. Legend. One of the greatest, uh, probably the best English manager of all time. His signature is inches away from us in this room. Fact. Yeah? Mm. The second one is you've got Walter Smith. Again, in Scotland. Revered. Great Scotland manager. Great Rangers manager. Again, in, in Scottish football, one of the best ever. And as far as I'm concerned... Wherever else, he was okay. Terry Venables, another one. Yeah. Another man that put his arm around his shoulder. El Tell, a man... He would, he would have been brilliant under Klopp. He, he is a man... He, he is a man management stylist dream. And look at what he did at Euro 96 for England. Colin Henry is still trying to pick himself up off the floor now. After, he's, after Gascoigne flicked it over with the left foot under that high-intensity pressure at Wembley, a home tournament, the whole nation stopped. You know, if I'd have knocked that ball over his head, every, you know, eight out of ten people, okay, no, okay, six out of ten people would have saw their lights up in, in stars on the TV and they would have volleyed that straight over the bar. But what I would have done is actually side-footed it coolly into the corner. Like, but that's a like different Letizia. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... Yeah, I, I would have done that. But anyway, off the tangent, I believe Paul Gascoigne and George Best were class. But look, Daz, I don't know if that's a heavy answer to your question, <laughs> but the reality is we got there in the end. Well, until next time, because I need to come on to your show and uh, chat some nonsense to you guys, I think. Absolutely. Uh, we all There is a place for you waiting on the TTM Sports Show. And final thing put you on the spot can either one of you provide a dad joke to fire us home yeah i've got one go for it um have you heard of the man that's got five willies no oh his pants fit like a glove (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, maybe get milked
Social Podcast Network.